0: Father God, we bless you, we honor you, we praise you because you're wonderful, holy, and righteous. There's none like you in all the earth. Thank you so much for redeeming our lives from destruction. Thank you for crowning us with love and kindness, tender mercy. Thank you that we have an inheritance among those that are sanctified. So we bless you and we praise you. Thank you for the spirit of the Lord that is moving and orchestrating, setting in motion all that you want to do in us, through us, and around us because you're at work in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So, God, we praise you. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to come to you in time of need. So, we lift up those that are suffering because the loss. Of a loved one, especially the Bryant family and those that was in that helicopter. We pray God that you will comfort their hearts, kids that don't, won't see their mom again, dad again, that you will comfort their hearts as only you can do. And help us, oh God, to always be cognizant of, of the fact that we have loved ones that we care about. And to show that love in some way Every time we get an opportunity, and not wait until some time is just to share how we feel about each other. So we praise you, we bless you now. Pray for those that are sick in their bodies, that Jehovah Jireh, God, you are supplier. Jehovah Raphai, you are healer. Be, would be released in their bodies, and that their bodies will respond to the healing power of Jesus, Father. So we glorify you and we bless you. Thank you for our under shepherd. Thank you for the the meal that's been prepared for us on tonight. God, we're excited about this series that we're going, this time of study that we're going through. We pray that you will anoint our ears to receive the engrafted word without wavering and without doubt and that you will bless us. Some of us are going through some detours in our lives right now. But help us to understand that you have promised to never leave us nor forsake us. You promised to be with us always, even to the end of the age. So we bless you and we praise you. Thank you for giving all of us this common testimony that it was good for us to have been here this night, at this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen.
1: The church is going to give you this workbook for this series. And if you would like to make a donation towards the books, you can do so through your offering to offset the cost. So um, does everyone have a pen? Okay, Whatever you (laughs) want to give. Whatever the Lord leads you. you. So... The way it will work, every week we're going to go through six, the the series is called Detours, and we're going to go through six areas of detours and studying the life of Joseph taught by Pastor Tony Evans. And today we're going to be doing the purpose of detours. Next week we'll be doing the proof of detours. They all start with P, promotion, um, all sorts of things. So the way it works is we'll start off each week with a brief, introduction or review of the previous week. We can't review today because we're just starting. So um, then we'll go into the video series, which lasts 30 minutes, and you have a little assignment during the video. If you guys turn to page 12 of your book, Says, watch on page 12. There's, you see, there's fill in the blank. So as you're watching the video, you're looking for certain answers in what he's te- in, in his teachings, and this will be part of the discussion we will have following the video. Um, I respectfully ask everyone to bear with us. We might go over a little bit because this is a lot to get in in the amount of time. It's a lot to get in in an hour. So we'll do our best to get out as close to on time as possible. Um, So everyone has a pen, everyone's ready to learn. All right, so we're gonna start the video now.
2: That has twists and turns and the unexpected. One that has detours along the way. So you kept wondering, what's next? And why did that happen? Well, in our series, we're going to look at a story with all kind of detours along the way. It's the life of... ...discover how God takes a teenager and meanders him through the realities of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to bring him to his appointed end and how that story can become your story as the hand of God moves in your life to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. This is Dr. Tony Evans, and the series is called Detours. It's God's unpredictable path to your destiny. In this first session, you're going to discover how God uses testings, how God uses trainings, how God even uses temptations, and the detours that come along with them to take you to your destiny. So come along for a ride, because this is going to be a trip worth taking. Welcome to our series on detours as we examine God's unpredictable path to your destiny. We're all familiar with detours. We have been driving our cars and uh, run into scenarios that have caused us to veer off from our intended path to reach whatever destination we were proceeding to go to. A detour is an unplanned, often unexpected shift in the route we were taking to get to where we were trying to go. Now detours are usually, in our cars, determined by one of three primary things. Uh, Detours are determined by disasters, they're accidents. Something has gone wrong with someone else that has affected us And so we're steered away from it, and we are forced to take another route because of something going wrong in someone else's life. Their disaster affects our route. Another reason why detours take place is because of our own desires. We want to do something different, go a different way, plan to arrive at a different place. And so if we take a detour, it's our fault. Because we decided to go a different way. But I suspect, like like me, most of your detours are tied to development, construction. Uh, They're trying to build something. They're trying to make something. They're trying to redo something. They're trying to fix something. And so they reroute you for the purpose of development. I'd like to submit to you that God rarely takes us from where we are to where He wants us to be in a straight line. And the reason He doesn't do that is He's got some construction in mind. There's some development He has in mind for you and me, and in order for that development to occur, He has to reroute some things in our lives until. We are ready for our destination and our destination has been made ready for us. That's why we want to look in this series of detours at the life of Joseph. Because of all the people in the Bible, no one illustrates this concept of detours any better than Joseph. You will see a man being rerouted by God in a lot of ups and downs in life in order to arrive at God's intended purpose. Your destiny is your divinely designed reason for being. It's the reason God has you here, left you here, and the plan he has for you while here until he takes you to glory. But if you do not understand that that happens by detours, you'll get irritated, frustrated, exacerbated at God because he's taking you in routes you never plan to go on, at times (laughs) that you really don't want to change your direction. But through this story, you will discover that it's all for good rhyme and good reason. We start our story off in Genesis chapter 37. Joseph is a 17-year-old teenager in a very dysfunctional family. I mean Joseph his daddy has had 12 different boys by four different women Papa was a rolling stone <laughs> and then some of his siblings were murderers others had one had an incestuous relationship with a family member they were all haters and full of jealousy and anger and um, Joseph, the daddy, didn't help this situation out very much because he favored Joseph among his other sons. In fact, we're told in verse 3, Now Israel, that is Jacob, loved Joseph more than all of his sons. And because of the son of his old age, he made him a very colored tunic. Now, before you go too far, this multicolored tunic or robe was a sign of royalty. In other words, he was given the position of the firstborn. The firstborn in God's economy, even today, was the highly privileged son. It was the one most recognized, and it was the son of Jacob's old age. And so therefore, it was the son that that he treasured the most from the woman he loved the most. And so, like any last born, at least for right now, he's, uh, he's spoiled and he's getting the, the treatment. The problem is he's got, he's got a bunch of other brothers that are not, they're not into this. And so he loved him more and he made it public. Now, Joseph didn't help the situation. Because according to the end of verse 2, Joseph brought back a bad report about his brothers to their father. So he's a a tattletale with a robe. Uh, So daddy then made him look like a king and he's telling on his brothers, so this is not good. Now You read the story in chapter 37 and it says he was wearing his robe. So he is flaunting his privileged position. So he's kind of immature. His father's playing favorites. His brother's on all that. And on top of all this, Joe has a dream. He has a dream. We're told in verse 5 that Joseph has this dream. And in his dream, the sheaves of his brothers are bowing to his sheaf. He has another dream and that is the Sun and the moon and the stars are bowing to him so in the first set of dream his brothers are bowing to him in the second set of dream second dream his mother and father and his brothers are bowing to him so now his daddy even gets ticked off <laughs> because in this second dream his father related to him in verse 10 And to his brothers and sisters, they rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come and bow ourselves down before you? I guess some dreams you need to keep to yourself. (laughs) So he has this dream, this dream of one day ascending to something great that even his family has to yield to. So Joe needs some development because of the home he's grown up in, because of his own immaturity, and because of where God wants to take him. It's not, as you know, the story that the dream was inaccurate. It just wasn't time. It wasn't time for him to realize what God had placed in his heart. Many times we get... Frustrated that God places something in our heart and is in no hurry to bring it to pass. Well, you and I are entering into a journey of years and decades even, of seeing God fulfill a dream given to a young man in his teenage years. So the question on the floor as we look at the purpose of detours is: why does God not take us on a direct route from where we are to where he wants us to be. And I wanna give you three reasons. First of all, God gives us detours in order to test us. In order to test us. I didn't like it when my teachers in school gave me a test particularly one that was not told to me in advance. And what made the test even worse is if it counted for a lot and you didn't know about it. Let me tell you something about God's test. they often like your teacher's pop quizzes. They are not announced in advance. And sometimes they feel like finals because they are so big. A test in the Bible is an adverse circumstance that God either causes or allows in our lives in order to bring us to the next spiritual level. Let me say that again. A test in the Bible is an adverse circumstance or set of circumstances that God causes or allows to take place in our lives in order to bring us to the next level of spiritual development. He gives him a test. And in this test, Joseph winds up in a pit. We're told that his brothers put him in a pit. They throw him in a place. Verse 24, they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty without any water. Let's put it another way. When God puts you in a test, He puts you in a hole you can't get out of. It's a deep hole, so you can't climb out of it. It's a hole that is holding you hostage to a problem you are unable to resolve. Brothers and sisters, call this a test. It is a test that He was put into, that was out of His control, because His 12 brothers, in principle, were against him well along come some Midianites his brothers instead of killing them, killing him which was their original plan uh, they decided to sell him verse 27 let's sell him to the Ishmaelites let's get him out of our hands we'll tell them our father that an animal killed him and we'll be rid of him So the Midianite traders pass by and they get Joseph, and Joseph is transported to Egypt. He's transported to Egypt where he's now a slave in Potiphar's house. So the first reason, the first purpose of a detour is to put you in a situation that forces you to depend on God at a higher level because you're in a pit you can't get out of and when you finally get out of it you don't know where you're going because Midianites take him out but now he's a slave (laughs) he's gone from a royal robe to a rag because he's now property of the Midianites but he winds up in the second purpose for God's training in our lives and his development forcing us to go on a detour. And he is on a detour because he's no longer home with daddy. We now find in chapter 39, it says, verse two, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. It came about in verse five uh, that from that time he made him overseer of his house and overseer of all he owned and the Lord blessed him. Wait a minute. When is the Lord blessing him? In his detour. Because he's not home. He's a servant in somebody else's house having had a robe on and having this big dream of what his future is, but God blessed him in his detour because the Lord was with him. In Acts chapter 7 verse 9, as it's repeated about the life of Joseph, it says in describing his life, and you'll see this again, the Lord was with him. When you are on a detour, and you're in a test, God wants to use you in the place that you're in until he takes you to the place he wants you to be. You can get so stuck in not, in not being, not wanting to be where you are and wanting to be someplace else that you never grow in the situation he has you in that's out of your control. God blessed him on his detour why? Because un- authority in Potiphar's house that's going to serve him well when his dream comes true. But he doesn't see that now. He doesn't see that God uses detours for the purposes of development because there are things that you learn on a detour that you don't get on a main highway. I was on a de- detour coming to this session tonight. This, this session is in Cedar Hill, Texas. I ain't know about this part of Cedar Hill. I, I, I'm going through country. I didn't know there was this much country in Cedar Hill but 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 I was on a detour I discovered some things on my way here that, that I didn't know were here because detours have a way of exposing you to things that you were unaware of previously for the purpose of training you because you don't know today how he's going to use it tomorrow and so he uses this detour for the purposes of training and watch this the training was in the home of a pagan. I mean, this is an Egyptian home. He he doesn't know the, the God of Israel. That some folks who are trying to reach a destiny, and they're trying to get out of being around all these non-Christians and... Being around these pagans and being that that may be exactly where God has you because he le- hasn't released you. You may feel like you're a slave to your job, a slave to your coworkers, a slave to your neighbors. God won't let you move. He won't let you get promoted. He won't let you get replaced uh, and, and, and moved to another location. Guess what? Because he wants to train you in something right where you are until he's ready to take you to where he wants you to be. And so there's training that takes place. So the first thing is testing. He gets put in a pit. Then there's training in a a place of a lower esteem. But God blessed him there. Ah, but then there's the third one. There was the detour that was preparing him through temptation. Let me say it this way, Joseph was a beast. A beast. Now for those of you who are not familiar with football and sports, a beast means he's, he's, he's a hunk. He's a, he had it going on. Uh, don't take my word for it because verse six says of chapter 39, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Oh, that's called a beast. Okay. He looked good in his features and he was ripped. All right. Uh, we're talking six pack here. He was handsome in form and appearance. Okay. So we're we talking, we talking about a good looking single brother here. So he's, he's good looking. And part of his wife catches his eye, or she sees him and her desires for him flare up and he comes or she comes after him vehemently she's becomes a seductress to rope him in but it says in verse eight he refused and said to his master's wife behold with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in this house and has put me over uh, all he owns in this house. And there's no one greater in this house than I. He's not withheld anything from me except you, because you're this his wife. How could I do this great evil and sin against you? It says in verse 10, she came to him day after day. You ever you, you ever been with a temptation that won't leave you alone? <laughs> okay. Temptation is bad if it just hits you up one time and you say no. But a temptation that won't leave you alone. It says day after day, she's coming at him, he's good looking, he's single. That means every day he's gotta say no to someone who has a greater power than him. Because this is his wife, she's got, she's got all the clout Let me explain something. In order for you to be tempted, in order for me to be tempted, and we all are, it may come from Satan, but it has to be allowed by God. Let me say that again. There's a misunderstanding about temptation that it's only the devil. Let me tell you something about the devil. The devil is God's devil. So even when the devil is using people to get you to do evil, it has to happen by permission. Remember what Jesus said about Peter in Luke 22? The devil has requested to sift you as wheat. In other words, he has to get permission. You remember Job? The devil had to get permission to get Job to curse God or try to get him to curse God because you get tempted by divine permission even though God allows the devil to be the tool to do it. Why would a good God who can't sin, he never forces us to sin, but he allows us to be tempted by sin, why would he do that to his children? So that he can make it clear to us, because he already knows what we're going to do and not do, so he can make it clear to us whether we can be trusted with our destiny see we want the destiny without having demonstrated our trustworthiness temptation proves whether you are ready for what God wants to give you so when you yield to it you, you are demonstrating I'm not ready yet because I can't be trusted if, trust me if your son or daughter is losing a dollar don't give them a hundred dollar bill Because he that hath, more will be given. He that does not have, that which he has will be taken away. So the principle is simple. He had to demonstrate, he had to prove that he was ready to receive more, that he could be trusted. And so he takes his stand and he says, I cannot do this evil because of a relationship issue. He says, I can't do this evil at verse 9 because it would be a sin against God. Notice what is behind this. The Lord was with him. The Lord blessed him. Even on a detour, he was conscious of God. It's easy when you're being detoured because it's not where you want to be. It's not where you plan to be to lose your divine sensitivity. You're upset with God. You wonder, how long am I going to be on this detour? Why am I on this detour? I don't need any construction. Just take me, take me to where I need to go. God said, oh yeah, you do. We're going to make you go on a detour because that's what they do around construction. They don't ask you. They wave you on and make you. We're going to make you go on this detour because I am preparing you. Therefore, your closeness with God, if you're in a detoured situation and you're either coming out of one or in one or headed toward one, is are part of the Christian experience, it's all about keeping proximity close with God. It will be a test. Negative circumstances you can't yourself out of it will be a training where you will develop something on a detour that can only be developed there and that you must take advantage of even if it's a place you didn't plan to be and then it's attempt where you are being asked to do things enticed to do things that are against God but because of that relationship. You say no, even if you have to say no over and over and over again. You see, God knows that we must learn to bear the weight of our destiny before he can trust to put it on our shoulders. But it's all part of where he plans to take us. It's unpredictable. You, 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 you can't pre-plan this. You can't say, okay, well, today is a detour day. Let me get ready. Uh Uh-uh. No, those detours are on purpose, for purpose. They're part of construction. And they're all designed, all detours are designed to help get you ready for destiny. When God took Israel out of Egypt, he didn't take them straight to the promised land, he had a patch of property called the wilderness because they were going to have to learn to live by faith in the dry spot before he gave them the destiny because he knew if they didn't learn to trust him in the dry spot, they'd forget him when they didn't need him anymore. Come on. Have you ever been to a pizzeria? I'm talking about a real pizzeria. I'm talking about one run by the Italians. See, that, that you know it's real. You see to watch, uh, you watch them make pizza from scratch, okay? They go through a period of pizza dough abuse. They got this wad of dough, usually in, in a, a round format, and then they slam it down. Bam. They just slam it. Bam. Then they get this rolling pin. It's already been slammed down, but now they're going to roll all over it and just just mash it down further. So they, they roll over it and flatten it out. Then they take it up and spin it. They be turning it on their finger, turning the, the flat dough on their finger. Why you got to do all that to the dough? Why you got... <laughs> Why you gotta hurt the dough like that? You slamming it and rolling all over it and twisting and turning it. You ever feel like God doing that to you? Uh, He done slammed you down and he done rolled over you, let other folk roll over you, let circumstances roll over you, then he gonna start spinning you, making you dizzy and stuff. Well, when a man in a pizzeria is doing that, He's actually setting the dough up to receive the good stuff. See, cause after the abuse is over, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some sauce. And then there's gonna be some cheese. And then there's gonna be some some sausage and some pepperoni, some anchovies. I'm getting hungry already. I'm I'm getting (laughs) hungry already. In other words, you take the dough through the process to get it ready for the good stuff. Without the preparation, there is no place for the good stuff to land. Destiny, it has a purpose. Its purpose is our development.
1: do some of you feel? How does it make you feel like when you're trying to get over the grapevine and it's closed because it snowed? What? What? Susan? Frustrated? Anybody else would we'll get two more answers? Like So you feel pressed for time? You feel anxious because it's causing you to, to feel like you don't have enough time to do something? Anyone else? Delayed? Delayed, so you're being pushed back. Everything you have planned is being, because you can't get across the five because it snows and everything stops. Um, all right. So, how do you feel when, say, you have a plan to do something? You have a plan to go to the mall, but your child needs to go to school or to a baseball game that unexpected, an unexpected practice. How does that make you feel? no don't like don't like the change of plans you feel some of the same things you feel just frustrated and delayed and held back and anxious so those are things that we find are common with detours right but do we ever consider in those moments the purpose of the detour no i mean okay the five is closed But that's because the roads are frozen and it's dangerous. But we still get frustrated. I've seen it on the news many times where the people are just like angry at everybody because they've been stuck up there for hours. But it's not safe to drive. (laughs) So Sister Lori. Right. So sometimes God has a purpose for holding you back, for making you feel delayed. Even though we have all these emotions attached to it, there's generally a purpose. And he talked about disasters and desires and development. Those are things that take us off our course. So um, I just gave the answer. What are the three reasons why God uses detours? (laughs) Let's see if you get it. I gave you a little hint. (laughs) Disasters. So sometimes things happen in your life. I'll speak for myself. My, my course in life in the last few years was not planned. It wasn't. I didn't do it, but it took me long. <laughs> so it just happens like that sometimes illness is like that a loss of a job is like that it's not something you plan for it's just something that happens to you and sometimes it's a desire your desires lead you off so you choose to go off-roading you choose to leave the the paved path to to see what's You know, you take the risk of finding out what's out there. Anyone else want to share about that? I don't want to dominate, I'm dominating. Man, so you 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 learn your strength, Susan. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, maybe, perhaps the detours that happen in your life are for someone else's benefit, but they just happen to you. To connect, to be able to connect, you'll be able to share and connect with other people. Yes. Not... Exactly. So you would experience something that you might not have learned to do. I can I can say a whole bunch of stuff I've learned to do <laughs> on, on my detour. Yes. So um, so we learn So the the three detours are determined by disasters desires, and then God's God wants to develop us. So sometimes he forces us into those situations where we're uncomfortable, we're thrown in, and, and I spoke about the crucible experience, we're thrown into the melting pot to be turned into gold, but the process is not comfortable, but you have to understand the process to know what you're going to yield. So... Those are the three three things that Dr. Evans discussed. Um, and then he talked about a test in the Bible is an adverse circumstance that God causes or allows to take place in our lives to bring us to the next level of spiritual development. Have you seen testing grow or change you spiritually? So does anyone have any, any uh, example of how they've been changed spiritually through their check? Through their detours, through their trials, through their whatever you want to call them. Sister Jackie. Or come out of her comfort zone. Anyone else have an example of how? <laughs> Susie. forces you to come out of your shell I, 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 true story I remember when I first started working at the church pastors that I had to record the answer machine thing and I was so upset with him I just didn't want to do it but now I don't have a problem talking to people <laughs> so it just it's getting easier and easier I mean but that's where I came from I didn't even want to record the answer machine but um, all right we're going to move on to the next question Have you ever tried to refuse taking a detour, and what was the result? I have just a quick story. 2018, I was driving Little Donald back home to Oregon. At that time, there were fires in Northern California and on the Oregon border. And um, we were watching the news as we were approaching where the fire was. And we read a story how they had blocked the five. The Five is what we take to get up to Oregon to take him back. And people had disregarded the detour, because they were taking you along the coast, I think, to get around where it went through the Cascade Mountains. And some people had refused to take the detour, and they went through. And the fire burned their tires while they were driving. It was so hot up there. And Donald and I passed through that afterwards, and you saw fire was on both sides of it. Was you're in the mountains and fire? It was burnt at that point; it wasn't burning, burning, but it was scorched on both sides. And we saw some of the cars that had been abandoned along the way. So sometimes detour, a well, lot, most times detours are for our own safety. <laughs> and when we disregard them, we end up with melted tires, and then where where you go? That's your vehicle, Lynette. Sometimes detours are slow
0: and you don't want to
1: follow because it's going to take too long so you venture off to go your own path and create your own detour and you end up taking longer to get to where you were intended to go if you would have followed the detour that was provided for you. my, my husband does it all the time. The GPS will tell us the detour to go, and he wants to second guess the GPS. I was like, it's a computer. <laughs> but yes, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's a good way. Anyone else? Someone new? A new person. All right. And we'll get Sister Audrey, and then we'll get Sister Yolanda.
0: They told us that it was going to rain, but it snowed. Mm. We should have stopped.
1: sometimes Uh, we waste resources sometimes Uh, we risk missing our destination, getting to our destination altogether sometimes so there's a lot of pitfalls to not heeding the signs that are I wrote in my thing that detours are not intended to take you to a different destination they're still intended to get you to where you were trying to go it's just a different way, and there's a purpose for it. It's not just willy-nilly. They decide, oh, we're going to take everyone around the mountain today. There's a purpose behind it. So if you go into your detour with the understanding that I'm still getting to where I'm supposed to be, then a detour will help. You can actually have a different attitude. You won't feel anxious and and frustrated and all the things we named in the beginning if you understand the overall purpose of why the detour is happening and what the intention of it is, right? Amen. All right, we're going to move to the next one. Um, we're going to, um, I want two people to answer this one briefly. Just There's one that's really obvious, but share some biblical examples of God leading someone in a roundabout way towards an intended destination. Let's see. What's the obvious one? The children of Israel. They wandered around 40 years. (laughs) They went on a really long detour. (laughs) All right, can someone give us a different one? That one was kind of obvious. but. Jonah, Jonah, yes, he ended up being eaten by the great fish because he didn't want to go on the route that God had told him to go in the first place, and then he went on that way, and he still had to do what he was supposed to do in the in, in the beginning, so and the and actually the Bible is full of people who refuse to do what God wants them to do, and then they end up taking some longer route to get it done. Cause God's will is going to be done no matter what. You have to remember that God's will will happen no matter what. If we refuse the detour, or if we have to go on a detour, God's will will be accomplished. Is it? Does everyone agree with that one? Yeah. All right. Um we kinda talked about this, some of the emotions you commonly feel when you're stuck taking long detours. We read frustration and and yeah, so we we kinda covered that one. And then it says if if someone for me can get James one two through four and read that out loud. All right, go ahead and read it for me then
0: down in Los Angeles the other day with my, me and my parents, and I met with Bishop Blake, and he was asking me about my experience and my detour, and I told him that um, James 2 through 4 became like my favorite scripture, and it says, I'm reading it in the NIV, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish it." And complete, not lacking anything. And that perseverance is tough. It's tough, but it's necessary to accomplish the goal.
1: Amen. Anyone else? This is our last one. We're going to. All right. Okay. Excellent. You guys did a great job. (laughs) Okay. You have a little homework. Yes. Sure, sure, we can go over that real quick. Uh, The first part, a detour is an unplanned, often unexpected shift in the route we are taking to get to where we are trying to go. So it's detour and shift. Detours are determined by, and we kind of covered this, disasters, desires, and development. Development. Your destiny is your divinely designed reason for being. Joseph was given the position of the firstborn. Why does God not take us on a direct route from where we are to where he wants us to be? One is to test us. And that part in there is a test. In the Bible is an... That God causes to allow it to allow to take place in our lives to bring us to the next level of.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. Hmm? Adverse circumstance. So the other way is. Number two is to train us. Two is train. Detours have a way of exposing you to things you were unaware of previously for the purpose of training you. And number three is to prepare us. In order for us to be tempted, it it may come from Satan, but it must be allowed from God. Temptation proves whether you are for what God wants to give you. And the last one is, our destiny is all about keeping Close. with God. All right. So those are the answers for this one. Next week, we'll be talking about the proof. Next week, we'll be, ta- we'll be talking about the proof of detours. So they all start with P's. He likes alliterations, which helps us to remember we did purpose today. Next week, we'll be doing Proof and in your workbook pages 15 through 37 there's a little lesson for 5 days. You don't we have 7 days till we meet again, but just 5 of those days just it's it's a page and you read a scripture and it's just trying to get you to dig a little deeper. We'll kind of cover some of this stuff in the beginning of next week, but so for the over the next 7 days, spend at least 5 Doing the lessons on pages fifteen through thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. It's the part that says day one. It'll say day two, day three, day four, and day five. So if we can have those done, done, and the purpose—the purpose of us doing this—is to grow. So. Got to do a little, got to give a little to get, get, get a little. <laughs> so so let's commit ourselves to doing a, a little reading, a little fill in the blanks or a little introspection about your life and how you operating in the detours that come, because we all have detours of all sorts. We all have something. So, yes, Audrey. It averaged about 20. About 20. No. <laughs> Average it was about 20. It, that's a rounding off. So, so the books are, the books are given to you by accepting the book, I hope you guys realize you're committing to coming here every week and doing this all six weeks, okay? <laughs> so and invite others to come we can add more uh, you know it'd be fine we can go in the other big building if we need to to move out of here but I think this is something everyone can learn from and for the next six weeks we got five more to go they can join along the way it's not like if they miss today they won't it's not like they won't understand next week so encourage those you know to come on out on Wednesday nights and and let's just learn how to do this, how to do this well. I think we all got to do it, but it's how well do you do it. <laughs> so that is it for tonight. We, we have offering coming up now. Are our deacons ready? They're pretty good. We're only 10, 10 minutes. offering in your hand.